All right, the 10 myths of marketing. As soon as I call these things myths, hopefully you can take a sigh of relief that they're not actually necessary to be successful. So let's go through these. Number one, find a big market to be successful. We pretty much debunked this one already. In fact, the big market can actually have the opposite effect on you. So if we go back to the water analogy, most people think they want an ocean. What they really want is a well. But if you're fundraising, the big venture capital implication here is that they might expect you to be in one of these oceans. But if you can, try to build yourself a well inside that ocean. All right, number two, if it worked for our competitor, it'll work for us. But who's to say it did work for them? Remember, unfortunately, at an agency I used to work at, I did have to work for two competing companies, and they both thought the other one had it better off. So if you do do what they do, you're going to be compared to your competitor, and you're probably going to end up as a commodity then, and then it's just a race to the bottom on price. So don't do what your competitor does. Number three, marketing is only for getting new customers. Proper advertising, maybe, but not marketing. Remember, advertising is one half of one quarter of all marketing. But the true marketing, the product, the price, placement, plus the promotion, is all about keeping your customers, too. And the real myth here is that you have to do nothing to keep your customers, and that couldn't be further from the truth. And even still, yes, Advertising also keeps your existing customers, too. So, number four, good products sell themselves. What wonderful words and phrases like that. They paint this great little picture in our head, and they'll stick there forever, regardless if it's true. Go ask the little champ mousetrap about that and see how well its good product sold itself. So, there's a really great story about Sarah Blakely. She was the founder of Spanx. She put in her blood, sweat, and tears into getting this product off the ground. She had to design it, patent it, and she had to claw her way through the corporate buyers to get her products on the shelves in the department stores to try to sell these things, only to find out that that wasn't the finish line. That was the starting line. Her products were sitting there getting dust on the shelves, so she had to figure out how to sell them once she finally got them in the store. All right, number five, you need to have a presence everywhere. You need to be on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and Google and YouTube. What's the next big platform? You got to be an early mover. There's a benefit of advertising there early. That's like saying you got to get to TV and advertise there before anybody's watching it. Maybe if you want to get a bunch of followers, that's Gary V's whole thing. Be there early. But even then, They'll follow you by default if that's all that's on there. But if what you're doing is shallow or it sucks, then eventually they're going to move on. And those followers are going to really start to dwindle. Instead, I would focus on one or two core competencies and master those, which you're going to find out is plenty time-consuming all on its own. But then you might be able to add a channel here and there Maybe, but it's not necessary to be everywhere. Think about the resources you would need to do that. Like if you're a Fortune 500 company and you just have this endless marketing budget, 
You can be everywhere. But as a startup, you don't need to, and I promise that you don't. All right, number six, it's all about finding the right audience. This is why people advertise on LinkedIn. We have a business service. We need to hit these people exactly on LinkedIn because this is business. They got to be wearing a suit and a tie and have their hair combed and their shirt tucked in when we show them our ads. Not true. Plus, finding the right audience. This is the war cry of the novice who's basically repeating what he hears. And it's someone who's scared to use all the tools in the bag. Audiences. This is digital marketers clicking buttons and turning dials. And if you are saying that you have to find the right audience with a straight face, I'll tell you, you don't know who your customer is. Why did you even build your product in the first place? If you don't know who you're building it for, find the right audience. They're not your keys. Did you lose your audience somewhere? Plus, most people start with audiences and they keep experimenting forever into perpetuity, usually without ever revisiting the ads themselves or going over the actual messaging or the positioning of these ads. Number seven, you need a big product launch to kick things off. What you actually need is momentum from your grand opening, but it doesn't have to be grand. Really what you need to do is just start. Like Zig Ziglar says, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. But if you did get a bunch of PR at the very beginning, maybe you can ride that wave. But more likely, what you should do is save your ad budgets and find out what works first and then gradually increase. Because there will be bugs, there will be hiccups, you're going to have process issues. The odds are so slim you're going to get it correct right out of the gate. Fundraising might be the one exception where momentum is important. Or if you got a nightclub where it has to be packed. But if you're selling t-shirts online or app installs, you don't need this huge product launch. Number eight, if nobody's buying your product, it's too expensive, so lower the price. This is the other war cry of bad marketing experts. The first one being you gotta find the right audience. So you have to lower the price, offer a discount, work on your cart abandonment emails, cheapen your product. This is rarely the issue, if ever. But if it does work when you lower the price, then what you have, my friend, is a commodity and you are in big trouble. The truth is, most companies that have this problem couldn't give their products away for free, seriously because nobody sees the value in them. So what you should be doing is working on the positioning and your messaging. This would be the equivalent of saying, if you're in a country that doesn't speak your language and they don't understand what you're saying, just talk louder. All right, number nine, you need good content marketing for SEO. SEO is search engine optimization. The great thing about content marketing is SEO is that there's no real way to objectively measure whether or not it's working. This is the snake oil of marketing. It's easy to sell to founders and it's hard to quantify. It's a good business to be in if you just want easy work. The truth is, is that the people who write this content are most likely not qualified to speak on the topic. So all the stuff that they're writing is pretty bad and if it is any good, it's hard to come up with this endless amount of content that you need. 
That's kind of like the A-10 Warthog versus the B-2 Stealth Bomber. But a lot of SEO marketers, they're going to use this content marketing to rank for certain keywords by writing the absolute worst blog post you've ever seen. So you may rank for those keywords, but those blog posts, they're not doing you any favors. Because once those people click on those blog posts, they're supposed to turn them into customers, they're going to do the opposite. They're not going to do anything because they're just so worthless. The worst part about this is that now all these charlatans, they're using chat GPT to bang out this drivel. It's amazingly derivative. So now it's even more worthless. And it's not just one of these SEO guys doing it. They're all doing it. And hopefully, once Google updates their algorithms, all this stuff's going to go away. Because right now, you got robots marketing to robots. Number 10, follow the best practices in traditional wisdom. Thing is, traditional wisdom is more tradition than it is wisdom. They'll tell you to use influencers and be on TikTok and use SMS messaging. They'll tell you to use market research so you can understand your customers and spend tens of thousands of dollars doing that. David Ogilvy, he once said, the trouble with market research is that people don't think what they feel, they don't say what they think, and they don't do what they say. So maybe avoid that. They'll also tell you, get user-generated content. They call that UGC. Collecting emails for the sake of collecting emails without a plan. Make sure to use plenty of pop-ups and click the emails there. Go nuts with email marketing and send out one email a day to these poor subscribers for months and months. Complicated customer funnels and conversion rate optimization, CRO. Use new fancy attribution software like Triple Whale, Hyros, Northbeam, Klar, Blip, Peel, Glue, Bop. Those are all real names, by the way. So even if these things do work, which they don't, but if they did, their moment in the sun would be short-lived because as soon as Apple makes a new update to their operating system, they're all dead in the water. The truth is that iOS 14 dug these attribution software's grave way back in 2021. And now 2023 is the year we finally get rid of cookies. So maybe for this attribution software, there'll be opportunities with Web3, but it's just going to be another crutch. It's going to keep you from working on the stuff that actually moves the needle. The truth is, there are no best practices. And if there were best practices, by the time that you get to them, they're going to be outdated or they're going to be inappropriate for your business. The people who use these terms, they can't think for themselves. and They're just repeating what they've heard from people that they look up to. Where you are, you're going from zero to one. So you're going to have to forge your own path. This is indefensible thinking versus the defensible thinking. And so where you're going, you don't need roads. 